So welcome to the second episode of the Balderton Podcast. Um, Glad to be here. Thank you, thank you. Um, my name is uh, Sam Myers. I'm an associate here with the investment team. And today we'll be speaking to Simon Andrews, um, who is the founder of Addictive Mobile and also the author of Mobile Fix, um, a quite influential um, mobile newsletter. Um, and he will actually be speaking to a group of uh, founders, CEOs, CMOs in uh, mobile companies here in London, um, as well as a few representatives from Facebook, Google, and a few other places this uh, this evening, um, around the topic of a strategic view of mobile. Um, so Simon, I think tonight um, we'll be talking a little bit more about the general um, strategic view of what's happening sure. in mobile. Um, today I have a few more specific questions in a specific area that I figured we could drill down into. Um, but first of all, I'd just like to give you a chance to introduce yourself properly first. Well, uh, yeah, very kind introduction. Um, been in digital for yeah, about 20 years, mobile about five years. Um, and over that time we've gathered a little bit of knowledge, a little bit of expertise. Um, and it's great to have a chance to share it. Fantastic. Great, great. And so the area that I wanted to pinpoint um, as an area of interest that I think both has very specific practical implications to uh, to some of the mobile-first companies um, and startups that you're going to be speaking to, um, but also perhaps if you peel the onion a little bit, unveils a little bit more about what's happening on a, on a higher level in terms of the large platforms, so Google, um, Apple, Facebook, and Amazon, um, which is around the uh, the question of advertising and ad blocking in specific. Um, so I think over the past few weeks, we've had quite a lot of news around, um, of course, Adblock Plus trying to re-enter the, uh, the mobile game with a new browser, um, and then also the, uh, the news that came from Shine CMO of how they're going to be working with carriers in, uh, in Europe and the U.S., um, and potentially um, having their customers opt in to ad blocking from a, from a network level. Um, so I wanted to just ask you quite briefly, um, why is this area interesting at all? Um, and what does, it, what does it actually mean in the broader sense? Well, I've got an advertising background, and we look at the world through a lens of advertising because it's a business model that is still pretty influential across our space. Yeah, some people have specific business models about e-commerce, etc., but advertising is one of those models that is still very pervasive, still really important. It supports you know, all the media companies. And the transition hasn't really happened very well. The Mary Meeker chart shows that money hasn't flowed from other channels into mobile just yet, but that's starting to be corrected. But when you have something like ad blocking, where you've got a tech ability to disrupt that, then everyone goes, well, wait a minute, that's quite interesting. And the basic problem is, you know, people don't like rubbish advertising and it become an annoyance. Sure. And you give people the reason to take that away, they may well choose to do that. The ramifications of that are pretty intense for loads of people. Sure, sure. And so I think from a, from a consumer perspective, um, it does make sense in general in, in the fact that, uh, that ad blockers have been so popular on desktop in the past and is now transitioning to mobile. It sort of attests to the fact that it is quite intrusive, and especially when it comes to mobile, it's actually asking for a lot more engagement and knows a lot more information about the users. Um, but now we're seeing it on a different level. So now we're seeing the actual carriers enter the game. Um, and what can, we, what can we sort of deduce from, um, from them actively trying to implement ad blockers as well? Let me just take back a second. Though. One of the things you said there, which I think is true in theory, but isn't really in practice, the ability of mobile advertising to be very specific and very targeted 
is, I think, very valuable because I think people don't mind relevant ads. Sure. They don't like irrelevant ads. But that hasn't really been done very well. So in a way, the talent looking at mobile advertising isn't very good, which is why most of it's not very good, which is okay. why we want to block it from there. So there's an aside there that got some influence. The other thing I'd be a little, little bit careful about, the Shine thing struck me as a great piece of PR because you've got an FT story, it's got loads of press. Um, it's a startup, you know, with no named clients, nobody's gone on the record. And if it wasn't for the fact that Hutchinson, or the owners of Hutchinson, you know, have an investment in there, I think it wouldn't have got any traction. The fact is, you know, there's something there, and it hits on, you know, it hits something which is a sidecast moment. So I think there's something around all that. I don't think operators at this point want to get into that space of fighting with Google, Apple, Facebook, and Amazon about advertising. But, you know, they dislike, they dislike. They find the OTT players, you know, a huge burden on their business because they're funding the bandwidth. Sure. So it just feels like, okay, here's a way that maybe we can start to have a conversation around, let's try and even these things out. Okay. Okay. So you think it's more of a conversation that's about to start maybe in the, in the I next think so. years? The MNOs have all talked about advertising over the years. No one's really taken it very seriously. Um, you know, Telefonica have got a good team in place now trying to do more of that in different markets, sure. probably you know, ahead of most. The Verizon AOL deal yeah. suddenly made everyone think, oh, there is something quite potentially interesting because it carries have loads of data, which in theory they could use to target advertising, target content. Um, and maybe the sort of ad blocking is a way that starts that conversation in a way it hasn't really got traction beforehand. Sure, sure. And on the side then of uh, of making uh, mobile advertising more relevant, using maybe some of the uh, some of the data that you get on device and and other forms of data that you can aggregate, um, what's your perspective on what needs to be done from getting to what's quite poor advertising that um, that consumers tend to want to block, and uh, and what's actually quite effective and engaging advertising? Well, our thing is that people don't dislike advertising; they don't like bad ads, they don't like irrelevant ads. And the example you always use, if you haven't got a kid under two, watching ads for nappies is a complete waste of everyone's time. And sure. Yeah. If you make things more relevant, fantastic. The data available from an MNO or someone with first-party data like Google or Facebook should mean that you can be targeted with ads that are relevant to you. Yeah. And that should be valuable to you because sure. you're seeing ads for things that you might want to buy. Sure. Um, and with programmatic and the ability to use data to direct advertising, that seems to be getting closer. Okay. We haven't seen a lot of creative that matches that, but basically that promise is sort of there. Okay. But that whole thing risks being derailed if someone can just sort of press a button and say, I don't want to see any advertising at all. Sure, sure. Um, and then on, uh, on, on Google and the constant struggle to, or I guess the, the constant in and outs of ad blocker from, the, uh, from Google Play and now with the new browser coming out and being deleted quite, um, quite soon after entering the... Yeah, I think there's an interesting thing. If you look at desktop, um, the markets where it's most prevalent, people like Germany, where you've got, because of sort of cultural reasons in this history, a real distrust of people using data to, in any way. Sure. Um, in markets like the UK and US, it hasn't been that significant because you sort of, you know, I'm on a good connection, the advertising's there, I maybe see it, I maybe don't see it from there. I think what's interesting when you get to mobile is one, the screen's smaller, so advertising can be more intrusive. But the second thing is, the advertising you're seeing is using data you're paying for. And I think that's going to be the way in for an ad blocker is um, to talk about, by taking advertising out, it's not so much you're not going to see any ads anymore, we're going to save you some money on data. Exactly. And the guys at PageFair in um, Ireland, who are, I found to be the, sort of the smartest thinkers about this space, were telling us that they've seen in the past six months a rapid rise in ad blocking in China and India. 
Um, because over there, there's some apps which have launched to great success, saying, yeah, we can save you money on your um, monthly data bill, mm. or, you know, or, or pay as you go, whatever, by stripping out a portion of the content, which is advertising which you didn't want anyway. Sure. And that is a really compelling argument to lots of consumers. Yeah. I think that changes the space. I'm not blocking ads. I'm making your data more efficient. Yeah. That changes the game a little bit. Absolutely, absolutely. And on on this topic of blocking ads and uh, and shifting the power to some degree away from the large platforms, do you see that as being a long term trend? As in, will they be challenged on this front? And if so, who will it come from? So, will it be more of a consumer driven um, force, or will it be something to do with regulation? Where, um, as you said, in Europe, it's the the, the privacy laws are perhaps changing a little bit faster and to a, to a larger degree um, driven by people's mindsets around privacy? Um, or will it come from someone like the, the, the carriers? Or I think, I think the, you know, the privacy um, arguments, you know, Google and Brussels you know, is starting to roll from there. I think there's a sort of view, I would take the view of the big platforms are sort of letting other people try things first and seeing what happens. Mm-hmm. So Facebook is pushing with Atlas, you know, really innovative, smart stuff around using data to target advertising. I think it's a really big play. Um, Google haven't really responded, I think, because they're going to wait and see what does you know, happens with Atlas and Facebook and that use of data. Is there any pushback? Okay. If there is, well, they'll think of a plan B. If there isn't, they can go, well, we're just doing what Facebook did. I think on the ad blocking side, though, it's just interesting that um, you can start to look at I want to save this data. Um, so from an M- a mobile network operator, yeah. I'd like to reduce my bandwidth that I'm squandering on videos on Snapchat and everything that I make no money from. Here's where I can sort of do that. I'll start to have a conversation with that. The thing we thought quite interesting, look at cloud um, and people out there providing free Wi-Fi, which is an expensive business to be in. You know, here's a way of reducing the cost of that and the, the bandwidth you need by saying, hey, we'll just take all the ads out. Mm. Oh, and by the way, we can have another revenue stream because we'll sell those ads back into somebody else afterwards. And remember, ad blockers, you know, their business model is one of, okay, we're closing off advertising to all these consumers. But hey, if you pay us some money, we'll let your ads through, which is an interesting sort of extortion business model. Sure. And Google, Amazon, lots of people pay ad blockers to go back to those people and serve more discreet ads in that way. Okay. So I think there's lots of different things which mean that this is going to be something we're going to be talking about and seeing for quite a long time because the amount of money at stake in terms of the advertising revenue, sure. the amount of money in terms of the bandwidth costs mean that everyone's going to take it quite seriously. Sure, sure. And what can we expect from uh, from the publisher side? How will they be responding to this? Well, if you're a publisher, you know, it's a pretty sad situation. You know, if you think of um, these publications, you're getting paid good money for your traditional, um, you know, content being monetized by advertising as ITV or The Guardian. Yeah, desktop, digital, reasonably well monetized, but not, not as well. But mobile tends to be paid you know, much less because of the way the market's been uh, you know, organized, lots of inventory, not that much demand. So they're not getting an awful lot of money anyway from mobile. If you sort of take that, what they are getting away from there, you know, what do you do when a publication gets 70% of the traffic on mobile and yeah. you can't monetize it? Yeah. You go bankrupt. Yeah, yeah. Eventually. Yeah. Absolutely, and I suppose this will this will have a larger, or f- far faster effect on the uh, on the log tail of publishers and maybe the large um, players in the industry as well. I think so. Yeah, you, you, advertising is gravitating towards people with first party data, yeah. big reach, and you know, and for all of the abilities of um, programmatic and that ability to be quite careful and to target really well, people are still going to the big platforms with big reach, and yeah, 
spending their money there. So I think if you're a smaller player, you are very vulnerable from this. And um, you know, things like the Google, um, the button you can donate. Sure. Feel like it's all interesting, but we haven't seen anything like that work. No. Subscriptions don't work. Yeah, it's an advertising-driven model because people want stuff for free. Yeah, I think it's quite a worrying time for lots of publishers. And I think that as consumers, you need to think through, if you like that HBO um, TV series or you like the article in your you know, publication, you have to work out, if you're not paying for it, yeah. then and nobody else is, it's going to stop at some point. Yeah, okay, okay. And so what would your advice be in general for, for advertisers who are looking to capitalize on the opportunity that's available in mobile in general? I think it's a great opportunity because if you get it right, you know, there's a real um, competitive advantage. You can talk to people in discrete groups of the right people. Mm. You understand a huge amount about the context, where they are, what they're doing, etc. from there. You can deliver yeah, impactful creative that doesn't sort of, you know, isn't a pop-up or an interstitial, but, you know, gets your message over. Um, and you can do it quite cheaply now. So the, the, the currently, you know, the fact it's tough times for publishers, it's a good time for advertisers to be learning how this stuff works. Sure. And we also counsel, now's the time to be spending money and testing and learning what works for you. Sure, sure. And what are you working on at, uh, at Addictive uh, towards this end? We're very interested in the fact that programmatic, which is you know, growing very quickly for lots of reasons, both because its ability to be better, but also its ability to do things cheaper and quicker. Um, huge amount of interest in that space from brands and from agencies, but the creative work isn't following Okay. So if I now talk to 20 different distinct groups of people around London at any one time, that's great. But if I'm telling the same message... I'm missing out. So we're very interested, how do you create creative at a sort of, you know, a high level of production quality, but a low cost? Okay. How do you actually solve that problem? Uh, I'm not, I've got one million pound TV commercial, I'm going to use it everywhere. How do I, you know, capitalize the fact that everyone's got an iPhone, everyone's got a fantastic video player. How do you, you know, industrialize a production creative? We're very excited about that. We haven't cracked it yet, but we're hoping to. Okay, sounds exciting. Thank you very much. And we Thank look you. forward to hearing your uh, talk tonight.